I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we'll be looking at Ezra chapters 1 through 3. First of all, an introduction to Ezra. Well, here's the setting. Assyria conquered Babylon in modern-day Iraq and was the conquering empire to whom the northern kingdom fell in 721 B.C. However, Assyria subsequently fell to the Babylonian empire in 606 B.C. And it was Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonian Empire who later brought Jerusalem to its final demise in 586 B.C., deporting its influential inhabitants. Less than five decades later, Babylon fell to Cyrus of Persia in 538 B.C., and that equates roughly to modern-day Iran. So, in order to know your empires, let's keep the score here. Cyrus was the founder of the Persian Empire. He reigned over the Persians from 559 until 530 B.C. The seat of the Persian Empire was in the territory that roughly equates to modern-day Iran, just east of Babylon, the seat of the Babylonian Empire. That's today modern-day Iraq. Cyrus established Persian dominance over the short-lived Empire of the Medes, and that equates to southwestern Russia today, and to Georgia, and that happened in 1550, and he captured Babylon in 539 B.C. At that point, the Persian Empire encompassed all the territory previously claimed by the Babylonian Empire, which preceded it, and the Assyrian Empire, which preceded that. Incidentally, a portion of Ezra is written in Aramaic instead of Hebrew. Aramaic was the common language of the Persian Empire, and it was used in both the Babylonian and Assyrian empires that proceeded as a diplomatic and commercial language. In the entire Old Testament, only Ezra chapter 4, beginning with verse 8 down to Ezra chapter 6 to verse 18, and Ezra 7 verses 12 through 26 are written in Aramaic, along with a portion of Jeremiah, one verse, Jeremiah 10, 11, and a portion of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, verse 4, down through Daniel chapter 7, verse 28. All of these were written in Aramaic. So we take up the story in Ezra with Cyrus, the Persian king, in 538 B.C. Chapter 1, verse 1, we see that Cyrus fulfills a prophecy that had been issued by Jeremiah. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah be fulfilled, The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, 
Let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, and with beasts, and with precious things, beside all that was willingly offered. Also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem, and had put them in the house of his gods. Even those did Cyrus king of Persia bring forth by the hand of Mithridath the treasurer, and numbered them unto Sheshbazzar, the prince of Judah. And this is the number of them, thirty chargers of gold, a thousand chargers of silver, nine and twenty knives, thirty basins of gold, silver basins of a second sort, four hundred and ten, and other vessels a thousand. All the vessels of gold and of silver were five thousand and four hundred. All these did Sheshbazzar bring up with them of the captivity that were brought up from Babylon unto Jerusalem. So in this passage, we see that Jeremiah had prophesied back in Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 1 through 12. And again in Jeremiah 29, verse 10, he prophesied that Judah would be cut off from its land for 70 years. Jeremiah was the resident prophet at the time of the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. That's seen in 2 Kings chapter 24. So here's the decree from Cyrus for the Jews to come back home and rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. Cyrus even gives them a little bit of seed treasure to get started. It was some of the treasure taken by Nebuchadnezzar at the fall, back in 586 B.C. The first exiles had been deported from Judah, bound for Babylon back in 605 and 604 B.C. Seventy years later, per Jeremiah's prophecy, brings us here to 535 B.C. Uh, how about that statement by Cyrus in verse 2? Here's what he says, Thus saith Cyrus king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house, at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Well, now, giving such a high esteem to the Lord God of heaven, that's quite a departure from previous conquering rulers. The name Lord is the Hebrew word Jehovah, or Yahweh, which was Israel's special name for the one true God. Finally, here's a ruler that is sympathetic to the past atrocities against Israel, and he seeks to set everything straight. So his, who is this guy named Sheshbazzar, the prince of Judah, in verse 8? Well, it's believed by most that this is the Babylonian name for Zerubbabel. He's the man to whom Cyrus entrusts the treasures of Jerusalem and the temple for the purpose of the exiles return to Jerusalem. Now, chapter 2 is comprised of 70 verses that give us the names of those captives that returned from Babylon, well, Persia, later on, and went back into Jerusalem. So, we're going to look at a lot of names here in Ezra chapter 2. Now, these are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity of those which had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away into Babylon, and came again into Jerusalem and Judah, every one into his city, which came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, 
Nehemiah, Saraiah, Re'aleah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigvai, Reham, Ba'anah, the number of the men of the people of Israel. The children of Parash, 2,172. The children of Shephatiah, 372. The children of Arah, 775. The children of Pehath Moab, of the children of Jeshua and Joab, 2,812. The children of Elam, 1,254. The children of Zatu, 945. The children of Zaka'i, 703 score. The children of Bani, 642. The children of Bebai, 623. The children of Asgad, 1,222. The children of Adonikam, 666. The children of Bigvai, 2,056. The children of Aden, 454. The children of Ater, of Hezekiah, 90 and 8. The children of Bezai, 320 and 3. The children of Jorah, 112. The children of Hashem, 220 and 3. The children of Gibar, 90 and 5. The children of Bethlehem, 120 and 3. The men of Natophah, 50 and 6. The men of Anathoth, 120 and 8. The children of Asmaveth, 40 and 2. The children of Kiriatharim, Ephira, and Be'eroth, 740 and 3. The children of Ramah and Geba, 620 and 1. The children of Michmash, 120 and 2. The men of Bethel and Ai, 220 and 3. The children of Nebo, 50 and 2. The children of Magbash, 150 and 6. The children of the other Elam, 1,250 and 4. The children of Haram, 320. The children of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 720 and 5. The children of Jericho, 340 and 5. The children of Sinaiah, 3,630. The priest of the children of Judea, of the house of Jeshua, 970 and 3. The children of Emmer, 1,050 and 2. The children of Pasher, 1,240 and 7. The children of Haram, 1,017. The Levites, the children of Jeshua and Kadmael, of the children of Hadaviah, 70 and 4. The singers, the children of Asaph, 120 and 8. The children of the porters, the children of Shalom, the children of Atter, the children of Talman, the children of Akab, the children of Hatita, the children of Shobai, and all in 130 and 9. The Nethanims, the children of Zihah, the children of Hasufah, the children of Tabeoth, the children of Kiros, the children of Seham, the children of Padon. 
the children of Lebanon, the children of Hageba, the children of Akub, the children of Hagab, the children of Shalmai, the children of Hanan, the children of Gedel, the children of Gehar, the children of Reaia, the children of Reason, the children of Nakoda, the children of Gazam, the children of Uzzah, the children of Pasia, the children of Besai, the children of Azna, the children of Mehunim, the children of Nephesim, the children of Bakbuk, the children of Hakufa, the children of Harhar, the children of Basluth, the children of Mahida, the children of Harsha, the children of Barkas, the children of Sisera, the children of Thama, the children of Neziah, the children of Hatipha, the children of Solomon's servants, the children of Sotai, the children of Sophereth, the children of Peruda, the children of Jaalam, the children of Darkon, the children of Gedel, the children of Shephatiah, the children of Hatil, the children of Pachareth of Zebaim, the children of Ami. All the Nethanims and the children of Solomon's servants were three hundred ninety and two. All these were they which went up from Talmela, Talharsa, Kerub, Adon, and Emer. But they could not show their father's house and their seed, whether they were of Israel. The children of Deleah, the children of Tobiah, the children of Nakoda, six hundred fifty and two. And of the children of the priests, the children of Hebeam, the children of Kaz, the children of Barzillai, which took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, and was called after their name. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but they were not found, therefore they were, as polluted, put from the priesthood. And the Tershatha said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things, till there stood up a priest with the Urim and with the Thummim. The whole congregation together was forty and two thousand, three hundred and three score, beside their servants and their maids, of whom there were seven thousand three hundred thirty and seven, and there were among them two hundred singing men and singing women. Their horses were seven hundred thirty and six, their mules two hundred forty and five, their camels four hundred thirty and five, their asses six thousand seven hundred and twenty. And some of the chief of the fathers, when they came to the house of the Lord, which is at Jerusalem, offered freely for the house of God to set it up in his place. They gave after their ability into the treasure of the work threescore and one thousand drams of gold, and five thousand pounds of silver, and one hundred priest garments. So the priests and the Levites, and some of the people, and the singers, and the porters, and the Nethanims, dwelled in their cities, and all Israel in their cities. And that's the list of the returning exiles in verses 1 through 70 found here. And again in Nehemiah chapter 7, verses 6 through 73. Now it's your turn. You read those verses out loud. Okay, notice the name Zerubbabel in verse 2. He's likely the same one found in chapter 1, verse 8, known as Shezbazar. He's also the Zerubbabel of Matthew chapter 1, verse 12. As a descendant of David's royal line, he played an important part in the rebuilding and return of the exiles. 
He wasn't considered a king, more like a governor over Israel. As a matter of fact, we generally speak of the historical temple in three different phases. First, Solomon's temple. Secondly, Zerubbabel's temple. And finally, Herod's temple. The latter two being temple rebuilds. It's important to realize here that while Cyrus decrees that the Jews be returned to their homeland, they do not become an independent autonomous nation. They're still under Persian control at this point. Independence and autonomy for Israel was not established again until May 14, 1948. Pay close attention to the detail given in their pedigrees. You'll observe that the proof was required in establishing their lineages back to Israel prior to the fall of the northern and southern kingdoms. They were intent on recapturing the essence of what they had when Israel was united under a single king. Their number here was 42,360. We see that in verse 64. And then their servants, in addition to that, were 7,337, we see in verse 65, all arriving in Jerusalem from the west, Babylon for a new start. Incidentally, this number is larger than the sum of the numbers for each family. The total number given here probably includes those from other tribes of Israel who accompanied them back to Jerusalem. Incidentally, there is an issue with some so-called priest in verses 61 through 63. Nehemiah also mentions it in Nehemiah chapter 7 verses 63 through 65. The ancestors of these men had married into the priesthood. That's unacceptable. It's got to be in the genes. No more priesthood for these guys unless it can be proved that they themselves are in the bloodline of the priestly families. They might be able to resume when they get an official word from a high priest with the Urim and the Thummim, as we saw in this passage. Our first reference to the Urim and Thummim is actually found in Exodus chapter 28, verse 30. There it says, And thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart, when he goeth in before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. We're not sure what these two items look like. And they are only mentioned seven times in the Old Testament altogether. They obviously had much to do with knowing God's will. These items were placed into the breastplate of the high priest, beginning with Aaron. It's interesting to notice that not so many Levites returned 74 altogether, especially when you compare that to the number of priests, 4,289. Perhaps it was their inferior status as something less than priests to would be working in the rebuilt temple that caused them to prefer their current living circumstances instead of returning back to Jerusalem. Also notice the Nethanim of verse 43. These were temple servants of non-Levite descent. As a matter of fact, it is commonly believed that the servants of Solomon, verse 55, were non-Jewish slaves. So in chapter 3, we see that we're back and we're sacrificing. Beginning with verse 1. And when the seventh month was come, and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Jeshua, the son of Jazadok, and his brethren the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, and builded the altar of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written the law of Moses, the man of God. 
And they set the altar upon his bases, for fear was upon them because of the people of those countries, and they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept also the Feast of Tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the custom, as the duty of every day required, and afterward offered the continual burnt offering, both of the new moons and of all the set feasts of the Lord that were consecrated, and of every one that willingly offered a freewill offering unto the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. About three months after their arrival back in Jerusalem, they rebuilt an altar for sacrifice. The seventh month, Tishri, is the big month of the Jewish year. The first day is New Year's Day, Rosh Hashanah. It begins with the blowing of trumpets and a holy convocation. We see that in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 24. Ten days later, the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is observed, and that's in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 27. From the 15th to the 22nd, the Feast of Tabernacles, known as Sakath, is celebrated, and we see that in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 34 through 36. Like I said, it's a really big month. Sacrificing the altar has been restored in Jerusalem. You want to see a complete look at all the Jewish festivals, look at the Leviticus 23, the passage there in BibleTrack.org. The reference in verse 5 to the new moons refers to the sacrifices made at the beginning of each month. The Jews used an observational calendar based upon lunar cycles. I've explained it all in the chart that you'll find on the commentary on Leviticus chapter 23. The festivals here in the seventh month coincide with the fall of the year. There's a little bit of concern here, area troublemakers. Notice the statement found in verse 3. Fear was upon them because of the people of those countries. As has always been the case, the heathen get pretty upset when the righteous begin to serve God. Now, how about building that temple? Look at Ezra chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. They gave money also unto the masons and to the carpenters, and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zidon and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the Sea of Joppa, according to the grant that they had of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now in the second year of their coming into the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatael, and Jeshua, the son of Jazadok, and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity into Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Kadmael and his sons, the son of Judah, together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hinnadad, with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with great shouts. And when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. 
But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. The people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. It's now the spring, second month. And they start the rebuilding of the temple with all the correctness of the ancestors. Levites wearing Levite-looking uniforms, singers, trumpets, cymbals. People began shouting for joy, and the old-timers began weeping for joy when the foundation had been laid. It's obvious there's something different and very special about this building project. You'll notice in verse 8 that they adopted the minimum age for tabernacle service of 20. That was patterned after that which was adopted in 1 Chronicles chapter 23. The age previously had been set at 30 back in Numbers chapter 4 by Moses. The minimum age of 25 was established later in Numbers 8 when the tabernacle was being dedicated as the required age for Levite service. This was, no question, a significant day in Jewish history when sacrifice was restored in Jerusalem. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.